My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. On today's episode of Shack House, we're going to discuss Bryson DeChambeau's big win at the 2018 Memorial Tournament, Tiger Woods' fascinating ball striking week, and weird putting week house. Uh, <laughs> we have a telecast uh, oddity to kick around, some TV talk. Really strange stuff going on uh, this week with the Memorial. And we're going to start dipping into Shinnecock Hills preview talk house. I know you can't wait. I can't wait. I've been doing all sorts of research into Shinnecock. Oh, man, crazy things happen there. But of course, house. It was a great week for the number one driver brand in golf, Callaway which was the number one driver and number one fairway wood at the U.S. Women's Open. Of the 47 Callaway drivers in play at the event, 40 of them are being used by non-staffers who choose based solely on performance to play a Callaway driver. And most of them are playing the Rogue, of course, which was the number one fairway brand at the U.S. Women's Open. And the Rogue was the number one driver on the European Tour this week. House, what do you got for me? I want to give a quick shout out to our good friends at Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Shaq, are you having trouble finding shirts that fit? Actually, I know oh, the yeah. answer. Yeah, you yeah. you you uh, you have very sp- uh, specific and precise specifications. Yeah. I mean, when you're on television, you can't be you know flop. Oh. No floppy collars. No oversized People. Brian Colangelo <laughs> collars. Shaq, they'll let you yep, know. You hear it? Oh yeah. <laughs> At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. You can create your custom shirt size by answering just 10 easy questions. They're short questions. They're easy to give your input on. Shirts start at 80 bucks and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. So if that collar arrives oversized, Shaq, send it back. They'll trim it down. The whole process is risk-free for premium quality, perfect fitting shirts. Visit 
propercloth.com slash shackhouse and use gift code shackhouse to get $20 off your first custom shirt today. All right, house greetings from Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, where, of course, you can also listen to House of Carbs and all sorts of great shows. House, how are you doing on this Sunday evening as we have just wrapped up another great week in golf? Shaq, we are building an arc out here on the East Coast specifically. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. Well, okay. look, I mean, you know. I've been watching. I, I was swimming all day long here, but I will tell you, this is going to be a dual-purpose arc, Shaq. Not only is it going to save me from the torrential rain, but I need a great big vehicle to hold Lord Stanley's cup. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to say anything further. It's two games to one. The Caps have looked very good. We're cautiously optimistic. That's all I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to say about it. Yeah, that's wise. I think there's still ways to go, and you should probably be patient. Uh, and you're also not winning the, the pregame introduction uh, department in these finals. Is that Studio 54 or is that a hockey game they play out there in, in Las Vegas? Right. How do you feel about the intros? It's it's kind of cool. It's better than the PGA Tours walk-up music. So we've got that going for the, you, the, the Golden Knights. Everybody expects something over the top. Congratulations, Vegas delivered. <laughs> All right. So... They are not over the top at the Memorial Tournament. Of course, it's a very dignified affair, uh, led by Jack Nicholas, as always, at Muirfield Village Golf Club. And it was a uh, fascinating, fascinating event this week with Bryson DeChambeau, the 24-year-old, birdieing the second playoff hole ever been on. And, of course, Kyle Stanley was eliminated on the first hole of the playoff. And uh, it's his second career title and a, a big win for a player who I absolutely love to watch. I love everything about him. I'm constantly fascinated by how many detractors he has. Uh, and I, 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 I'm just wildly entertained by everything Bryson DeChambeau house. I think he's just uh, so fantastic for, for pro golf. So what, did we, what are these detractors all about? What's the main complaint that we see out there? Well, you can break it up into a couple of di- different divisions. You have your uh, talent scout types who see uh, what's going to lead to greatness in golf, which of course is laughable because if you look at the history of the game, uh, I'm sure nobody would have thought Jim Furyk would be a great player or Lee Trevino or Gay Brewer. I mean, you could go down the list of bizarre swings in golf. And uh, so you have that that side that says, well, that can't sustain itself. That swing, that putting stroke that, that, that just torched the field this week on some of the toughest greens on the planet, that's not sustainable. So you have that element that just kind of looks at his the lack of conventionality to his game uh, and his technique. Then you have the... Uh, element where there are just a lot of of haters because he's very very confident in himself. Uh, he knows everything, which of course as a writer I love listening to because you go to him for a quote and and he's uh, very assertive in his views and he has opinions, which is so refreshing. And I I do believe he backs them up with a lot of of intense research and and thought. And I don't agree with uh, a lot of things that he believes in. We've, we've had some interesting little back and forths on a couple of fun things, but he uh, he's very confident in his views. And as you know, House, 
a, an athlete who is uh, that cocky, that confident, maybe a, maybe slightly a touch removed from reality at times well, uh, it, in, a, in a very entertaining way, can rub people the wrong way. Yeah, it, on that note, he strikes me, and this is the reason I asked you to sort of outline it. I really feel like he's the modern evolution of Phil Mickelson. And mm, he, that's a great analogy. Oh, I love it. How about that? Thank you. Um, Very nice. In terms of that, that sort of modern moment, not only is he, uh, you know, a, a guy that delivers a lot of things that sort of traditional sports fans don't like, which is a, a guy heavy on data, heavy on confidence, not afraid to uh, uh, speak his mind. Um, but, but also, his name is Bryson Aldridge DeChambeau. I mean, you, you couldn't make that up. And you know, that's a central casting drop straight. Now I'm not uh, besmirching uh, BAD in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying if you're looking for kind of a villain, a millennial villain. Now Patrick Reed is somebody that that we talked about at the uh, Masters as being kind of this villain. He took on that mantle in connection with his international play. If you're looking for somebody that strikes you as kind of a millennial obnoxious, you know, with heavy data and that overconfidence. And then, you know, you could just layer in, it feels like he was maybe born on third base. I have no idea whether or not that's true. No, no, um, not at all. Right. No, in fact, I think that's another reason he's, he's, he's such an interesting guy. He's just... Uh, done this through through hard work and creativity and so th with the science you have this this artist uh and this creative side that has sort of reimagined uh ways to attack the game and and in his view they're of course amazingly brilliant that he's done this which is where he rubs some people the wrong way i could care less i think it's just fun to see somebody who's different who's approaching the game in a different way swinging the club so differently and uh but he's also uh, he's very respectful, House, of of the great players of the past, and I think that is what separates him from from the villain uh, label. That he is so uh, respectful of of people like Ben Hogan and Jack Nicklaus, and and he has gone back and read about golf history and and knows about what some of these people did. Um, now, like I interviewed him down at the players, I said, "Now you." As a historian, Bryson, he goes, yeah, well, as a historian. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, it's things like that where, where, again, it rubs pe some people the wrong way. I just snicker and go, all right, all right. Oh, that's great stuff. And he, he has a totally different take on it. Um, and he's going to be on our Ryder Cup team now. Oh, I think. my God. Uh, I, he's a lock. I'm um, so happy about that. I can't wait to see that hat, that chapeau in France, you know, with yeah, the stars yeah. and stripes on it. I just want to be um, very clear here. I love him. I, I adore his yeah, game. Yeah, no, I know. I adore yeah. his approach. I just was trying to define the the villain, you know. I didn't mean to suggest to anybody that I uh, I share any of those well, sentiments. Well, I think you're... But I think you you're accurate in in the description that that's what uh, sets him up for this this uh, place as a as a guy who uh, is sort of a villain. But I think he's a, a a much more likable one than than some we've had in the past. For those who even those who are detractors, uh, that they're gonna just they're they're gonna ultimately love the fact uh, that he's he's just such an incredible competitor, and he really didn't drive the ball very well today. Yeah, he was all over there. the place. Yeah, and so he did it with with a lot of uh, a lot of heart. And uh, you know who loves Bryson DeChambeau, who's just fascinated by him. House is Tiger Woods, of course. That makes a <laughs> he, lot of uh, a lot of he's sense. He's been playing almost all of his practice rounds with him. Oh, that that that's been going on all year long, hasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I've got to assume Tiger's partly just sort of entertained by <laughs> some of the things that he says. I mean, at Tory, he, he Bryson and Jason Day were talking about some stuff that was so far <laughs> off in, in no man's land, and I'm sure Tiger just listens to some of that and is entertained, but he's also one of those people that he probably also makes Tiger think about some different things. And then I think there's also just the element that he shows a – a reverence uh, for him and a, a respect uh, for for Tiger that uh, you know Tiger has started to show he really appreciates. He didn't used to show that, and so now he does. So they, uh, I I have a feeling if Tiger doesn't make the team, which seems unlikely now the way he's playing, but uh, that that uh, he'll be in the in the woods pod uh, at uh, uh, Paris. Strong pod, well, it's not strong yeah. pod. Uh, interesting team meetings in, in pod three or whatever it'll be called. Um, so anyway, but, uh, great win for him. Uh, you know, a fantastic tournament really all the way around with Justin Rose having a chance to, to, to claim number one. And you had Tiger playing well, you had Phil Mickelson playing well. Well, I, I do um, like, I want to, of course. Yeah, I want exactly. And I, I want to, uh, on the Tiger note, let's, let's, let's talk a little Tiger here. I, yeah. This this recurring phenomena of the first part of Saturday, my my phone and and other means, all my social media <laughs> starting to buzz. Everything is coming alive because Tiger is out on the golf course on a Saturday, taking something down south. We are going low, Shack Daddy, on a Saturday, and and I'm telling you, it's all walks of life. It's people that are not avid necessarily avid golf. Uh, fans, but as soon as anybody sort of gets a whiff, he's you know he's a couple under through five holes. All of a sudden, I start shifting, and everybody wants to see. And you could really feel at the end of yesterday's broadcast um, the pent up interest, uh, energy, excitement for you know he was right on the cusp of you know that that um, the trigger line for where he can come back from a certain number of strokes and win. He was five out, and I think he'd won the Memorial before being four down. And just that 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 built up, everybody's sort of dying for Tiger to go out there and grab one of these on a Sunday and take it all the way home. What was your experience on, on your side as you're sort of watching it from that journalist perspective? Well, I think the same thing. And this time, or at least each week now, <clears throat> the, the excitement's probably building because the ball striking is getting so good. It's and, incredible. <clears throat> yeah, I mean statistically this week he was he was stunning. Um, he, he led you know, the leading, field in, yeah, in strokes uh, gained, tee to green. Yeah, uh, strokes gains approach. In iron play. Yeah, strokes gain approach. The thing he's just been so bad at this year with the iron play by his standards. Bad not not in general standards, but just by his uh, I mean his proximity was 23 feet 8 inches which you know, some people kind of don't really value that stat. I do just because I know on the West Coast swing, he was in the high 30s and low 40s in, in terms of feet, uh, and he was missing irons so poorly. Um, and he was, you know, great again around the greens. Uh, so I think that's what, uh, excuse me, that's around the greens, not on the around greens. Around we'll the that, greens, but, God. Um, uh, but I think that's what probably now has taken it to another level. Like, okay, he's hitting these amazing shots. The ball striking's there. But, of course, because golf is just a completely uh, cruel and miserable and awful uh, sport, um, the, he finally gets the ball striking together and finally gets his act together on that front. And, naturally, 
the putting just goes completely south. The putting that was so brilliant on on, on the West Coast swing and in, in Florida that carried him around the golf courses. And, uh, you know, it, it, the same thing's going on with Jordan Spieth. He's probably never hit the ball better in his life, uh, at least by the numbers. And uh, he's frightening on a, on a three or four footer right now. Tiger was kind of frightening this week on those five and six footers. And, and Mirfield Village's greens house are, are really tough. But, I mean, he was... He was not uh, sniffing the hole on some putts, and and then he yanked one pretty bad today. So that's just the cruelty of golf, though. It's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. that said, I mean the the buzz is there because you just sense the the stability with the ball striking, and I think the back. I mean that first round was just an early tee time, and I'm surprised there haven't been more of those days where he just wakes up not not right. I can't tell you how nervous it made me watching him warm up yesterday, Saturday. Uh, the, you know, because the extended coverage golf channel, you can wake wake up and watch them on the on the practice range, and it just felt like I don't know. I I got I was triggered by what appeared to be tightness. What it looked to me like maybe he was wincing, but he was taking really full swings with fairway wood, and he was going back between long iron and fairway wood like he was, you know, replicating how he was going <laughs> to play certain holes. But I just did not want to come home from being out and about yesterday and hear that Tiger was complaining about his back. And God bless, he was not. So here I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. Listen to how loud I'm knocking. Ow! That's a loud knock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was... Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, just uh, I think another good week, there will be some who... Kind of look at the week and say, "Well, that's Muirfield Village. He should have won there. Finished tied for twenty third, and and what happened?" And I, uh, I to me, they're all positive signs going to uh, Shinnecock Hill. Still, I, 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 especially with the ball striking, I, I think he's just gonna have to spend a lot of time on the greens and around the greens. And um, he did this week, and it sounded like it got a little bit better at times, but uh, he just wasn't feeling it. And who knows? Maybe he'll change out the putter who knows what it'll yeah do. i he'll just do something. I, I like the it's idea. an easier thing to fix yeah we, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna obviously touch on some u.s open advanced scouting some prognosticating some early thoughts on what may transpire i do like the idea of tiger going to a venue where he does not have necessarily the super comfort level and finding something and just going lights out. I like that little narrative for Tiger. Let's said let's just say he arrives with the other elements of his game in place because he keeps demonstrating to us in a very public way that that uh, the sharpness is returning and it's returning in a like top of field kind of way. So what if he shows up at the Shinnecock and he's ready? to just get hot. He just starts seeing lines and then, you know, he's just breathing on the ball and it's going where he, where it wants. That that's my that's my what if uh, as we sit here two and a half weeks out. I'll give you a what if. What if what if house he went to an Odyssey and went and oh, went whiteface oh. on the putter. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. But hey, it doesn't matter because the Odyssey by our friends at Callaway House has won the major punter count so far at every major. Now, there ha- there's only been one men's major, but there have been two women's majors now, and they've won the count. They're going to keep winning the count, of course, because of the mul- maximum forgiveness from the multi-material construction. Uh, you, you house, I know. What are you putting with? I have a seven. I have a red seven. Yeah. Yeah, well, you may see it uh, in our little golf uh, in, in the Hamptons next week. You may you may see me going back to the uh, 
to the nine. The uh, the Toulon I love, but I don't know. I don't play enough golf. I'm I'm starting to think to to play with a blade putter because I I need that that high MOI with the ball speeds yeah. and the directional control, yeah. the white hot feel, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. You need the it. micro hinge all is, of it. is not in the Toulon as much as I love my my Toulon Latrobe uh, blade. Is is it, the traditionalist in me is starting to. Uh, to question it. So, anyhow, you'll well, you you that's something for you to look forward to when we we tee up golf uh, next week in, in, I, uh, I, before I, the U.S. Open. I know we're, we're I'm very excited. We, we will definitely be uh, sneaking some pictures, putting them out there of our rounds out there. Now, House, you mentioned uh, in our previous segment that early morning golf viewing. Now, uh, we have to talk a little bit about the television situation this week, I think, because even though our international listeners uh, were completely shut out of a bunch of this uh, coverage, our American viewers did not have the most enjoyable uh, viewing experience today <laughs> of the PGA Tour. And we still have a few questions to, to get answered. Um, but I think the big picture situation that needs consideration here is that Golf has some problems. <laughs> uh, when it has one of the best tour events of the year, all of the things you would hope for in a tournament, you have legends on the leaderboard, you have young guns, you have a guy going for uh, new number one world status, you have Jack Nicklaus, um, and it uh, was extremely confusing as to where you would watch the golf because the tee times were moved up due to uh, rain that ended up never even coming close to sniffing Muirfield Village. Um, <laughs> now, I, I know you were <clears throat> a little late to the proceedings, so you were uh, doing more important things. But, well, but I, I watched the, the morning and I watched okay. the afternoon. What I missed was the streaming, and it sounds like I didn't miss anything. Well, you didn't miss anything in the sense that uh, there, it wasn't available. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was available. It was just it's just so much work. So, you know, I love all things millennial. I, I really do. I love the craft, everything. But the, the cord cutting thing is just a is just a, still a mystery to me when you when you experience the things that go on with streaming and 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 the the last button on the remote isn't there and I know I'm going full dinosaur mode here but for a sports fan it still doesn't work. So here's what happened today. You had the tee times moved up. You have a tournament that's it's a CBS week and Golf Channel obviously does the pre-broadcast uh, and Thursday, Friday, but also the pre-weekend broadcast. So from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. Eastern, you had PGA Tour Live because that's what they do. They get the pre-Golf Channel thing. Then Golf Channel was able to add bonus coverage starting at 8.30 Eastern to 11. And then they went away for the conclusion of the European Tour Golf, which I don't know if that was contractually mandated or not. I'm trying to find that out. So from 11 a.m. to 2.30 if you wanted to watch this event that had Tiger Woods on the leaderboard, that had a lot of interesting young players, uh, uh, Joaquin Neiman, who ended up getting his conditional uh, tour status out of his play this week, um, you just had all sorts of interesting things going on. So for three and a half hours, your option was PGA Tour Live, CBSSports.com, which I, I used and struggled with because I, I didn't want to take the time to go up. I, I'm due for an update on the app. I will admit the CBS Sports app has lagged. I will re remedy that. But 
So for that window, you had to go to streaming. And, and it, it gave me a headache, of course, because I'm watching on the iPad and I want to watch golf on the big screen or be, have it on in the house when I'm walking around doing stuff. And um, then CBS comes on at their time, 1130 uh, Pacific, uh, excuse me. Yeah, 230. That's 2.30 Eastern. Yeah. And they come on live, you know, right at the in the heat of the whole finale and the playoff which is good. That's fine. Except, of course, uh, they did not have all the lead up on the Golf Channel. And so there were several issues from this. First of all, it appears that CBS um, just didn't want Golf Channel to have the majority of the golf today and, and was in their old mindset of protecting what they used to do, which was the broadcast window. But of course, this week we made major progress because they did stream it live. That was the first time this week, House, that they would even do that window for, for three and a half hours of streaming, okay? First problem right there. And here's the second problem. On my CBS affiliate. Okay, so let's say CBS doesn't want to put this on the Golf Channel. Their competing interest, the contract is is was created long before anybody knew what streaming was. Here in LA, House, we had... Cindy Crawford's Beauty Secrets, <laughs> AAA Benefits and Savings, okay, Small Town Big Deal, which featured a Civil War reenactment segment, and Relieve Your Foot Pain with WalkFit. Now, I'm sure they're all wonderful infomercials, um, but Nationwide pays a lot of money to sponsor this event, and it just seems very odd to me that they're paying the network more than anything the affiliates have the power to do. From that point of view, when Tiger Woods is on your leaderboard and the ratings you're going to get from that, I feel like CBS let the viewer down and and the PGA Tour is in a tough spot, again, because these contracts were negotiated a while ago. And they have different parties here who have different interests and networks that are all trying to control their their baby. But it was a discombobulated mess. And... I will stop ranting now and let you give your assessment of what I've – I mean, I know this is a first-world problem. But for the sport of golf, it's it's not good. It's not a good look when people can't find where you are. Well, this that's the, the, the uh, sort of essence of it, right? I, I feel somewhat conflicted. It, it's a, it's a glass-half-full, uh, you know, glass-half-empty kind of issue in the sense that in the first place, we would um, have complained bitterly if the weather forecast had uh, come to pass, right? And they didn't, well, sure. and they didn't change the time. So in the first place, pat on the back for that's the tour. managing, yeah. you know, against the weather, and right? And then yes. it, it didn't happen, so that's fine, right? You plan against the worst-case scenario. Congrats on that decision-making. Second, congrats on the forward thinking in terms of getting – some golf up as early as possible so that we can watch. You mentioned our heroes out there yep. going up that against young guns, all really good stuff. And, uh, and you know, and we got to see it as it uh, uh, commenced. We got to see the beginning of the round. I watched Tiger Woods tee off this morning at whatever time that was, 9.07. That's great. That's great for, for uh, the, the game and great for, for fans of the game. And that's what we want. Our expectation as fans and consumers yeah. of the product, is that we're going to be able to see the great players in the, you know within that competitive band, guys that can really win the tournament. We get to watch them play most of the tournament. So congrats for that. The big misstep here 
is what you keyed in on. And I don't understand enough or know enough about the technology of it or these rivalries that you're describing to have a good opinion. I just will tell you, watching live sports streaming in that way is just, we're not there yet. I mean, across no. the board, in, in every sport, the NBA and, the, and Major League Baseball have outstanding online products and you can watch them on your yep. computer and, and you can beam them from your computer to your TV and all that that kind of stuff. But there are, there, there are always missteps. There are always mistakes. There's always some kind of tech glitch. It's not perfect. It's not television. And we know that there was an option here to watch, to, to just broadcast the whole thing uninterrupted. And it, we have to get to a point, the tour has to get to a point with its TV partners where they take into uh, the, the, the fans' uh, interest in the game becomes the, the, the prime uh, thing that you're solving for. Like, Correct. you're going to have to pay... Uh, Cindy, uh, Cindy Crawford, and here, here in DC, it was Bissell. It was the uh, the pet uh, pet vacuum. You're gonna have to pay Bissell, mm, right? Mm. You're gonna, if you yeah. preempt all those people, just stroke the check, write the check to them, yeah. tell you I'm sorry for your that half hour. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay sorry you back for, your for loss. it. We're we're putting on the live <laughs> sports event because live sports, as we know, continue to be the thing that makes money. For these yeah. for these networks, so that that that's my view. I, I want a couple pats on the back, but don't try and steer me into streaming when it's not crunch time, Shaq. Yeah, and it's just not working. And I we'll find out eventually, but but it, it clearly is a problem that Golf Channel has these great rights uh, to that certain windows, and and it's the place that CBS has to go either for spillover coverage or early coverage. And, and there's a conflict there because CBS doesn't own uh, the Golf Channel and it, they don't profit from that. And and the problem, though, as you note, is that the fan is not being thought of and the sponsor is not being thought of. And the people who bought ads on the telecast uh, are probably not being thought about enough. And uh, so that said, speaking of that topic, right. the other thing we need to cover before we get to Shinnecock, yeah. Fox, big shout out to the USGA and shout Fox. Out. Rolex uh, was the sole sponsor of the U.S. Women's Open. Awesome. Uh, which uh, concluded with uh, Araya Jutanagarn winning on the fourth hole of sudden death. Wow. And um, it was basically commercial free. Obviously, the breaks were uh, inserted that were... Uh, uh, pre-produced pieces, and they were they were mostly very good, and a lot of USGA stuff, obviously, because they're the hosts of the event, and they they want a lot of attention, and uh, they're getting it. And uh, so I thought it was very good. I, I mean, there were a couple times that it, it actually was kind of you almost kind of missed like the music going to and from commercial, but um, not enough. I think it it was fascinating. I don't know if Rolex if that's what they uh, they envisioned, but. Certainly, uh, on the positive side of somebody trying to do something that is good for the viewer, that seemed like a, a fine example of it this uh, last week. Yeah, I'm actually uh, quite bullish on what to anticipate in terms of the Fox production of the U.S. Men's U.S. Open up at Shinnecock. I thought this um, this the the Women's Open broadcast, considering the challenges with you know the the tropical storm that set up shop down there in Alabama. Oh. Uh, you know, for the for the previous two weeks, and the amount of water was all you know the whole golf course was underwater until Saturday. Um, 
I, I thought, I, obviously, uh, it goes without saying, it's nobody's going to be surprised. I love an uninterrupted golf broadcast. And to, to Fox's credit and this partnership with the USGA, they are finding through this short, early uh, stage of the relationship what works and what doesn't work and quickly adapting. So, for instance, I love the tech overlay. I love um, the pace. I, I have found uh, with the, what I watched the women's broadcast, um, the commentary, you know, they're, 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 they're sort of finding a sweet spot. The only, uh, I, I'll, I'll use the word criticism. I don't mean it to sound uh, critical. There, It would be neat to have kind of uh, what I would think of, I don't know whether it's possible or not, like a rotating um, voice so that it's not just poor Joe Buck over the entire mm. course or like the, when it comes on in the morning till at night. Like, give yeah. us give us some other voices, some other... I know that they're sort of doing it inside of the show, but let, yeah. go, let Joe Buck have a three-hour break. Let him go have a cheeseburger and a nap and then come back, you know, refresh. They have enough bodies and enough competency across their broadcast board there to be able to to do some of this rotating and because that you know what the pace is going to be when you're broadcasting all day long seems like you could figure out a way to get your dude some rest well i think they're going to do that at the us open they've outlined kind of a new announce booth uh, setup there and they also now the the this rolex setup is only for all usga events other than the us open but uh they will go i do believe they go commercial free for at least the last hour uh, maybe it's even up to an hour and a half of the U.S. Open. It's a long time. It's uh, so anyway. There's some some fun innovation on that side. I don't know how much of the the Rolex thing was necessitated by uh, their their desire or not selling uh, a lot of ads. I don't know. I don't really care. It's uh, it was a great solution and uh, uh, one thinking of the viewers. Now, uh, speaking of Shinnecock Hills, we are going to. Uh, have a show from there on Monday. You're going to be there, and then we're going to have a midweek uh, post-round show, a first-round show, I believe. Yes, right? the Thursday, then, uh, Thursday post-round. A Sunday wrap, yeah. and we're going to try to talk to a few people. But House, what, uh, you know, we're, we're really close now. We have U.S. Open sectional qualifying, and, and the field will get rounded out by that. But uh, what do you want to talk about on Shinnecock uh, Hills as a venue, or, or uh, what's leading into it, what's exciting you, what's not, what's... Fascinating. I mean, it's it's hard for me. I'm kind of knee deep in a bunch of different things on the writing side, and then for for Golf Channel, a feature on 2004. So, well, I, here's where I'm coming at it at the moment. On. Here's where I'm thinking about it. I feel like I made a mistake. Uh, I, I'm so craving this uh, this this narrative of the old guard and the old guys and the guys with experience right. bumping up against the young guys, the up and comers. And uh, I really um, had a lot of hope that we would see it at the Masters, that we would see Phil and Tiger out there, you know, doing Phil and Tiger at the Masters things, and that there we, we would have come a couple of these young guns, this Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth or, you know, Ricky Fowler, and, and on the other side, you know, Justin Rose and, and Phil and, and, and Tiger really all just, you know, shotgunning it out from, from 10 to 18 on Sunday. Um, it didn't come to pass because I I think 
the Masters is just too effing hard for, for anybody in their 40s. For an old guy? For an old mm. guy. I mean, I just, mm. I, 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 don't, I don't know what circumstances it, it's going to take. Although, you know, with the fitness levels of guys these days, it'll, it's, it's possible. But it's just such a challenge. I, I wonder now, this is, the, this is what I'm wondering about in terms of the mistake. I wonder if um, what I'm rooting for can't, can't transpire at Shinnecock. Because uh, I, I've been quite encouraged by the play of, of Tiger and the Saturday buzz, you know, the Saturday, boom, the phone's ringing, boom, here it comes, <laughs> oh, Tiger's hot. And then, but very quietly, Phil has strung together some very nice uh, uh, rounds here. And I, I think he's doing the Phil thing of like playing just good enough and, and kind of finding out what, what's working, what's not working. Um, yeah. With, with, with the, Other than the players, well, yeah. with an eye towards right. right, but the players is you know there's a yeah, there are a couple things yeah. he's he's just written off and he's written off the yeah. players, um, yeah. but I, I you know I think he's coming in sort of quietly to Shinnecock. I'm very intrigued to hear um, his enthusiasm and what he's showing and what the practice round seemed to be suggesting um, in terms of what he's capable uh, of at Shinnecock, and I just wonder if. Uh, this is going to be the event where we see an old guy on the leaderboard, uh, you know, on the on the back nine at, at Shinnecock. Well, this is certainly the one he's targeted for for trying to to, to win. And karmically, the golf gods certainly owe him. Um, you know, back in two thousand four, he uh, double bogeyed the seventh hole on Saturday, putted off the green, as did his uh, playing partner, the other co thirty six hole leader. And uh, that was setup related, and so that double was uh, the the difference in him him uh, not uh, winning the championship or forcing a playoff. A lot of people cite the way he kind of fell apart on the seventeenth hole on Sunday, but I I've always kind of gone back to that Saturday. So I and Sunday, by the way, he played to the bunker on the seventh hole, um, and then got up and down. He intentionally tried to play to the bunker. So he he he, uh, he has a history there that's sensational, obviously because of the fact that he nearly won, and obviously likes the golf course and should like the fact that it's actually a little bit wider than last time. Then uh, not not significantly so, but in some several key spots, the fairways have been have been pushed out much longer, four hundred yards longer. But that's not an issue, as we know with with Phil. He still hits it out there plenty far. So I think you're absolutely right. It's really a golf course that, that uh, will requ- require local knowledge and reward it, and not many people have it there. Uh, Ricky and uh, Justin Thomas went and played there last summer, and both shot easy sixty fives and. And both have good feelings there, but uh, it's certainly one that I think it's going to require a, a lot of patience and and uh, planning. And obviously, somebody like Bryson DeChambeau will will pick it apart and and analyze it. And um, I'm going to be very curious to see who employs local caddies during the practice rounds to get some insights on the greens too. I'm I'm um, I think that's going to be something that uh, to, to look for, especially because the Greens House have been enlarged since the last time they were there. Yeah, They've been restored, so they are going to play different around the edges. There are going to be some new hole locations probably for the USGA, just on what I've seen. And uh, that's always a cool element. What else? Uh, what else are you thinking about Shinnecock? Well, that's this is the thing I wanted to ask you. What the sort of early word on the street is in terms of layout and how much the layout is counting on the natural elements, the natural defenses of weather, 
out there on Long Island, especially the which way the breeze is blowing to provide defense. Because I'm I uh, am am sort of of a mind that we're going to see somebody um, if the wind is down go go low. I, I mean, I, I I feel like you know just by by design it's there for the taking. You mentioned that the very yeah. easy sixty fives that, that that Ricky and uh, Justin Thomas, you know, just sort of walked them, them, themselves into. Last summer. Now the the setup is not going to permit an easy sixty five. <laughs> yeah, that was a member setup. Yeah, yeah I know, but still, it's yeah. not. There were there's no there were not going to be any easy sixty fives out there. But I do no. just think you know um, the the level of skill that we see, guys. I don't. I just wonder out loud if if the uh, time when we're going to see a plus score winning the U.S. Open is is in our rearview mirror. I think it is. Yeah. And just remember, too, the golf course conditioning is so incredible these days with the consistency, the machinery, all that, that it's it's just really uh, you should expect people to shoot good scores that are this good and and don't lose balls and have green reading books and have a caddy and have all this information and who are in incredible physical condition and and have amazing clubs to play with, all that stuff. It just should lead to that. There shouldn't be any fight against the score. Um, But uh, everything I've heard suggests that the the native areas are a little behind. They they cut them down last fall. And so if you're wayward, at least as of, you know, a week ago, you could find it pretty easily and play it. Where where it's really vicious is right off the fairways. The immediate rough is very tough. But as a uh, if they get a little warm weather this week, that'll probably thin out a little bit. But I've just heard the course is definitely going to be on the on the greener side, the, the the roughs on the greener side, uh, good reports on the greens. There'd been some rumblings, and I'm sure it was just that uh, the superintendent there, John Jennings, uh, loves the top dress, that they were very sandy greens. But uh, I, I think he's a uh, knows exactly what he's doing, and I'll have him looking great. There's a great pod, by the way, House, uh, with John Jennings talking to uh, to our our buddy AJ at Callaway. Uh, it's part of the Met Golfers uh, program of, of material that they do, media. Um, it's on the Callaway Ship Show feed and uh, easy to find. Uh, yeah, really I, interesting discussion. John has some good insights, too, if you're going there as a spectator to uh, some places to, to, to sit and to watch as well, which is uh, where he thinks will be the, the cool places to see, you know, multiple holes. Yes, I, kind of I, I saw that uh, podcast with our pal Yo AJ Vopel. Uh, and, and Brother Jennings, I set it aside. I want to listen to it this week to build the anticipation. I'm glad you gave that shout out to all the Shack House listeners. Definitely check it out. It's not that long of a pod. It's like 25, 30 minutes. But you get yeah, to hear all yeah. that good stuff that, that you just laid out. And John's one of the very best in the in the in the industry, and he, he's not uh, gonna wear you down with uh, mowing heights and uh, uh, mentions of malorganite and uh, you know uh, Northern California sensomia. He's he's uh, very articulate, very intelligent, and a uh, big fan of the game, and very honored. You know, he was at Chicago Golf Club uh, before this, which is hosting the U.S. Senior Women's Open. So he's been at some. Pretty incredible places, and uh, I, I'm very confident it's going to be a good week on the USGA setup uh, and and the, the Shinnecock Hills maintenance side. You know, just going back over what happened in 2004, so much of it was uh, just kind of the people doing the setup had an attitude, and there was a, I think, a bit of a, a kind of an odd split and not listening to the maintenance side. And Mike Davis is very much about relying on the superintendents. And it will be interesting, though. The players just have a, an edge to them house. You know, Rory made some comments 
after his round Saturday at the Memorial about the USGA and the way they set up courses. And, and, and some of it was interesting. I thought some of it was just dead wrong about Aaron Hills. You know, he implied they watered it and did this and that. And it was just really set up for, for wind and weather that didn't happen. And, and, and it really wasn't anything more than that. But uh, it is interesting how the players uh, have, a, have an attitude towards what the USGA. They always have. Um, and they've continued that tradition with Mike Davis. It's a little bit different in his case, but um, it's just fascinating that kind of give and take and how that uh, how that gets in their heads a little bit. Well, the platform is there for them to be more strident, more vocal. And look, oh yeah, Kevin Na got the the, <laughs> the <laughs> rescue worked. mode last week. I mean, yeah. Kevin Na complains on a Tuesday, and we see the mowers. We see fifteen mowers in a in a row. Headed down the side. I mean, what do you want? Like, yeah. you know, it's this is the this is the same thing as the NBA. It's Phil Jackson working the refs. I mean, you yeah. know, this is a this the same angle. Uh, I'm I personally uh, am in favor of it. I mean, I, I I like it. It it adds you know interest and intrigue to all of it. It's curious to hear Rory complain about Aaron Hills. He missed the cut, and, and the winning score was sixteen under tied. You know, his sixteen under at, at Congressional. Uh, so, you, you, you know, I, it's funny to, I, I don't mind the idea of sort of taking issue with over the years, um, setups, but like, oh yeah, don't, don't dudes, use an example yeah. as an example, a, a joint, a lot of dudes went out and blistered, uh, and you didn't make the cut. Well, yeah. And that, that, I mean, there's different elements to it. There's the U S open identity argument, which like the old guard wants this, you know, plod down the middle hit straight uh, drives and 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 just make pars. They miss that. Uh, they don't like that Mike has introduced more drivable holes and and more risk reward stuff that leads to some excitement. So there's that argument. And then there's a there's also the player thing that feels like that, that just has the, the overall resentment towards the USGA for either pushing the course over the edge, uh, like at Shinnecock or at Bethpage. Uh, or Southern Hills even had it in 2001, had a couple of greens that were pushed too far, or the USGA is, is, is playing the Wizard of Oz too much and pulling too many strings. So there's, there, there's kind of two schools there, people longing for the old U.S. Open, and then, and then people uh, who, who don't like the new one, but they don't like the old one either. And it's, so it's just, a, it's just a fascinating – for me, it's fascinating. Um, my, and my, I think the, the player who doesn't let it get to him is going to be uh, a, a, somebody to watch at, at Chinnacon. I'm expecting, um, in terms of, of that piece of this puzzle – that we're going to have a Shinnecock that delivers that where everybody's the USGA is taken into consideration and it plays the way that Oakmont played, you know, a couple years ago. That that's my expectation is because that was a, a a classic Oakmont, but it was available. It didn't go out. Yeah. It didn't kill guys. Like you know, if you dropped, it was funny. All those pictures on social media, people dropping balls or quarters into the no, grass yeah. and they were disappearing. I expect the same kind of thing. If you're in the wrong place at Shinnecock, you are going to be punished. But there are going to be a bunch of guys. The winner's going to be under par. And there's going to be, you know, three or four or five, maybe more uh, guys along with him under par. And so it's going to be, you know, gettable for whoever shows up that week, sort of with all elements of the game in, in, in line. Now, having said that, you can't just sort of dangle that 
out there, we I think we should name a couple names. I mean, I I want to do some under the radar stuff. We know all the big the big names, and we talked about how juicy Phil and Tiger would be. I'm glad that Rory's playing well again. He's teasing us, and maybe the you know maybe he's he's going to feel free to come and and uh, you know just be unburdened uh, by the experience at Shinnecock. I mean, uh, this Justin Rose leads every category known to man because of his relentless excellence. Uh, including the win at the Colonial a couple weeks ago, but I want to do some of these under radar, under the radar guys, and I'm somewhat yeah. chagrined. DeChambeau was going to be one of my dudes. Yeah, he has to be. Sure, why not? Yeah, he loves America. He loves the USGA. He's a former USGA champion. He'll be all over it. That till. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so we, we should love we'll it. say DeChambeau. I'm, I have two other names for you, and you you laughed at one of these names when I said it before the season started as a guy that I thought had major potential in him. I still think Patrick Cantlay could 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 win. Wow, you, you just shot. You almost won the tournament I know, this week. I know. So I know. Sorry, how but I'm, I what I'm saying is, yeah. yeah. What all I'm saying is he. Uh, he he's he's showing the form that suggests that that um you know he's got that that skill now I will say this and I'm interested in your take on this I have one other name I want to bounce off of you by the way I don't think that this is going to be um a, a winner that's like completely out of the blue I I, I this feels like um a, a veteran. Uh, a guy with a couple wins under his belt. It's not going to mm-hmm. be a first-time winner on tour uh, kind of winner, and it's not going to be a winner who's only won, you know, um, no offense to the events in Mexico or the events, you know, the the cross, uh, the opposite schedule events. Um, but it ain't going to, or the off-season events, it ain't going to be a guy with a couple of those Ws. Uh, it's going to okay. be somebody, it's going to be I, I, with I a little agree. bit of a classy pedigree kind of thing. My my last name, and this is not maybe doesn't fit that narrative, but he's he's trending. Frankie Molinari. Mm, what do you, yeah, what do you think about Frankie? That was incredible. He almost came back to win today in Europe. That was it was pretty stunning. And and now obviously it was the Italian Open. He was pretty pumped. But to win the BMW and to win that and the way he's striking the ball, absolutely a fantastic pick. Do you have any uh Concept, what his number is at the moment? Uh, you know, I had it pulled up. Here we go. You know, you, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you asked. Uh, he is available at a, at a very nice uh, price here. I'm going to get there. I had it sitting here. The, the site. Oh, look at this. Shaq, we got to get on this action right now. Uh-oh. 80 to 1. Yeah, that's that's a generous. number. That's a number. Yeah. I mean, we like that. Patrick is available at 70 to 1. Uh, Bryson, who I like quite a bit, 64 to one right now. Hmm. Just if hmm. you're thinking like, you know, we know what the favorites are going to do. All those odds are crazy. You know, uh, Rory's 10, 10 to one, uh, Justin Thomas, 15 to one tigers, 15 to one. I'm not touching any of that. No, no, no. Rose no. at 18 to one. Eh. And Kepka, who I really was so impressed yeah. at the colonial, uh, 28 to one. Brooks Kapka, yeah. you might get another taste out of me on Brooks. Yeah, the way he played Colonial, there were uh, if the wrist is healthy, every sign suggested that he should love Shinnecock and and uh, uh, be able to hit the ball low, be able to hit a lot of irons off the tees. When one other guy, I mean, his powers is there, so uh, he's on my ten to watch for for Golf Week. I had to file that, unfortunately. At the uh, at the end of Colonial, uh, and, and so, but we obviously got Rose uh, updated numbers on him, and Kepka was in there. 
Um, and I, House, I know you have no interest in Jason Day at 16 to 1, but I love the fact that he finally played decently at Muirfield Village where he plays. And I love everything about his game going to Shinnecock. Again, I know that's not a, a name that's no, going to shock you, I, but I, I'm really bullish on John Jay Day uh, for Shinnecock as well. I, I, the, I mean, the, we talked about it each time that he's won. He, he's won two classy events this season. And uh, I, yeah. I just I, I where his game is, and when he he's a guy that can get the putter going, and then as you just you know everybody has to genuflect. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Mark Leishman played beautifully down at Trinity Forest, and uh, he's going to be somebody to keep an eye on if you're looking for a name that's not getting thrown around a whole lot. He's in that probably in that fifty to sixty to one range, I would hope assume. And then uh, Webb Simpson House. He, you know, Shinnecock will be a great place for for him to hit that five wood all day. And I'm not going to do and it. Running around like Corey Pavin, can't get me to do he, it. He can do it. He's 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 a former champion. You're not going to get me putting, to do it. I know, but uh, it's a it's an interesting number. And then, of course, we'll have some great storylines out of the U.S. Open sectionals uh, to to kind of chew on. It'll be fun to see who who makes it out of there. And there's some interesting names. Teeing it up at uh, qualifiers all over the country. So by the time you listen to this, yeah. uh, those numbers should be posted online. Yeah, there's going to be some great storylines when we convene together again next week, uh, hopefully with with uh, an outstanding guest live on the grounds there at Shinnecock. Next Monday, we'll have our own tales of greater glory uh, out on the golf course mm, Saturday and Sunday. It. I highly doubt Come it. Come on! Now, some, I, I have got to, I just realized I have uh, got to get over to Dick's Sporting Goods, or maybe I'll just go on Amazon because they're there, because they may not be there very long, House. The Callaway Chrome Soft Truvis with the Stars and Stripes design, which have been flying off the shelves. Super cool. And it's a limited run, so you got to go get them. Yeah. And uh, and it's not just the Stars and Stripes, of course. It's the uh, tour-proven performance, the graphene, the whole thing. But they do look pretty sweet. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what you pull out on the first tee. But I, I, I've already tipped my hand. I'm going to be... I'm maybe going stars and stripes. It's America. It's I, Southampton, the U.S. Open. Don't, Come on, don't leave the sleeve uh, where I can get at it. You, I might have one of those my own self. I'll, I'll, I'll put a circle okay. on it to distinguish from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out to our pals at Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. If you're having trouble finding shirts that fit, you get yourself over to propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts never been easier you create that custom shirt size by answering 10 quick easy questions the shirts start at 80 bucks they're delivered in two weeks it's a perfect fit if it's not a perfect fit they remake it that makes that process risk-free for premium quality perfect fitting shirts visit propercloth.com slash shack house and use gift code shack house to get 20 dollars off your first custom fit shirt today Beautiful. House, well, it was a good chat. I, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, everything is shaping up beautifully the way we'd hoped. Now, if we could just get the weather to cooperate, uh, it should be a fantastic U.S. Open, fantastic uh, kickoff to the to the summer months of golf. I'm ready for and it. We're going to be gonna... yammering away about it quite a bit here in the uh, coming weeks. I think that's right. Speaking of, of, of yammering away, I want to uh, remind folks a couple— Oh, yeah. What's going on on House of Carbs? Great things going on at House of Carbs. We had uh, Pat LaFreda— the uh, magician 
of the New York meat industry. He went, he left Wall Street and got into the legendary meat making business of his family. And ha- he is the, the uh, creator of the meat blend for those delicious Shake Shack burgers. We talked outside oh. grilling as well. I also want to mention what a week for the ringer.com. Second anniversary. And you uh, are going to be talking to Bill, I assume, after game two. I enjoyed your chat after game one. By by hook or by crook, we're going to get together and and do some talking. He's he's busy. They're doing this great show uh, for HBO that's going to come on right after the finals. It's basically like the inside the NFL, but for the NBA, that that they're producing called Courtside. And yeah. uh, he's busy with that. I might sneak myself over to Cleveland. It depends on what's happening with my oh. caps. But I might sneak oh, over to Cleveland. We said bad things about Cleveland as a food town. We might have to give them a chance to redeem themselves and go do a very quick 24-hour yeah. belly tour of, of Cleveland <laughs> and catch a little bit of the king doing his thing at home. Yeah, or you may want to bring a food taster. So, <laughs> uh, All right, well, great. That's great stuff. Yeah, wait, well done by the ringer. Really exciting. Can't uh, can't wait to read their, their roundup of uh, game two after that game one uh, ending. That was pretty stunning and uh, should be fun stuff with the finals. We got golf. What's not to love this time of year? House yeah. here on the... Checkers! Part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.